Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, A Marine Lost Before His Daughter Was Born. And I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. And now, on with our show. Today's episode is part love story and part war story. We will discuss file number 0191 from the investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. Our episode today regards a 25-year-old lumber mill worker from Oregon who became a combat veteran in the jungles of Guadalcanal. After being shipped to New Zealand for rest and refit after the Battle of Guadalcanal, he found love in this far-off land and married his sweetheart. He married her only a few weeks before shipping out again, only to meet his doom on the tiny island in the South Pacific. Private First Class Victor Harold Feldner is one of 422 missing American servicemen who remain unaccounted for as a result of the Battle of Tarawa in November 1943. Just as a reminder for some of you who are not our regular podcast listeners, the Random Incident Statistical Correlation or RISC system that we use in researching missing American servicemen is a methodology that I developed as the Planning and Research Division Commander for the Dallas Police Department. I used this system while assigned to the Department of Defense in 2011 and 2012 investigating MIAs. I used the system to compare the unresolved list of Tarawa casualties with the punchbold unknowns. After reading all available Tarawa incident-related information in the Joint POW-MIA Accounting Commands file and consulting with present and former JPAC investigators, including the current members of the the Defense POW-MIA Personnel Office, I determined that a biometric research analysis had never been completed in the intervening 70 years since the battle. First, I built a comparison biometric database for all the unresolved Tarawa casualties. I then began researching all of the individual deceased personnel files, sometimes known as IDPFs, on each of the hundreds who were still listed as missing from the Battle of Tarawa. I also reviewed additional public sources, including census data, enlistment records, draft and registration records, family genealogy information, and everything else available to determine the standard primary biometric comparison data sets of race, sex, height, weight, and age. These pertinent data sets were added to my computerized risk system database for all Tarawa casualties. The result was that biometric data was obtained on all the individuals who were still listed as MIA from the Battle of Tarawa. Second, Each of the individual Punchbowl Tarawa Unknown X-Files was retrieved and researched to acquire the same standard preliminary biometric comparison data sets of race, sex, height, weight, and age estimates. These data sets were meticulously recorded 
and filed by the Central Identification Laboratory Forensic Anthropologist when the unidentified remains were originally examined in the period 1947 through 1951, prior to their final burial in the Punchbowl Cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii. In addition, many of these files contained other random incident case-specific specific research clues that could potentially aid in the identification of the unknowns, such as hair color, evidence of prior injury and or disease, facial characteristics, shoe size, personal items recovered with the body, dental charting, and the probable cause of death. No attempt was made to compare the Tarawa Unknown X-Files with resolved casualties. The risk system became the basis for investigating the case of PFC Feldner and all of the other MIAs whose cases I investigated at JPAC, and has also been the primary investigative tool of our Foundation's efforts to help locate, recover, and identify MIAs from all over the world. So, as we always do in our podcast, let's start with some of the basic biometric and historical information about PFC Victor Harold Feldner. PFC Feldner was 66 and a half inches tall. He weighed 144 pounds. He was 25 years of age, almost 26 at the time of his death. He had dark brown hair, and he was a member of the United States Marine Corps Reserves. He was a member of Company B, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines. And he was married, as we'll discuss later, to Catherine Fay Redlick. PFC Feldner listed his religious preference as Protestant in his records. The letter P for Protestant may have been imprinted on his USMC identification disc or his dog tag. There is no indication in his military records of previous bone fractures, birthmarks, or tattoos. He had brown eyes to match his dark brown hair, and his official USMC photograph does not contain a chart to confirm his listed height at 66 and a half inches. PFC Feldner's last recorded dental examination was on 20 July 1941, shortly after his enlistment, when his chart noted six fillings and cavities, no extractions, and no wisdom teeth present. JPAC did not note that a family reference sample, or a DNA sample as we know it, was in their files as of May 2012. The family of PFC Feltner has advised the Foundation that a family reference sample was provided to JPAC in 2014 after our original family report investigation was furnished to the family in 2013. PFC Feltner was born in Donnybrook, North Dakota to a family of four sisters and one brother. He lived, and I know I'm going to really mispronounce this name of this town, but he lived in Chilocquin, Oregon. For those of you in that area, please drop me a note and tell me how to pronounce that. C-H-I-L-O-Q-U-I-N. Chilocquin? I don't know. In Chilocquin, he worked for six years for the Bonginger and Lamb Lumber Company. Wow, another word I can't pronounce. He worked for the Blondlinger and Lamb Lumber Company, and he worked in their mills. He enlisted in the Marine Corps Reserves in Portland, Oregon, there's a city I can pronounce, on 17 June 1941. At the time of his enlistment, PFC Feldner listed his mother, Mrs. Martha Feldner, 
of Chiloquin, Oregon, as his next of kin. He did complete all of the necessary paperwork to receive U.S. government life insurance. PFC Feldner completed his basic training in San Diego, California, with the 2nd Recruit Battalion. In October 1941, he was assigned to Company B, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, Bravo Company, at Camp Elliott, San Diego, California. PFC Feldner was transported to Tatia, American Samoa, with his unit in April 1942. He was promoted from private to private first class about July 1942. In October 1942, PFC Feldner and his unit were transported to Guadalcanal aboard the transport vessel USS President Hayes. After participating in the final stages of the Battle of Guadalcanal, PFC Feldner was transported to New Zealand with his unit for a period of rest and retraining. From April 19th through April 22nd, 1943, PFC Feldner was sick in the field hospital with an unrecorded illness or injury. This was likely a recurrence of malaria. He was back again in the field hospital in July from the 16th of July through the 19th of July, probably with the same malady. PFC met and was married to Catherine Fay Redelick while he was in New Zealand. PFC Feldner and the new Mrs. Feldner was married by the Marine Corps chaplain, Wyeth Willard. They were married in Christchurch, New Zealand on 5 August 1943. She was 18 years old and he was 25. His best man at the wedding was his buddy in his unit, PFC Homer Curtis Bondi. He served in PFC Feldner's company. And you will hear comments from both PFC Bondi and Chaplain Willard later in the podcast as both of those individuals survived the war. PFC Feldner and his new bride had only about seven weeks of marriage before he boarded a transport ship in Wellington Harbor to take part in the Battle of Tarawa. Most likely it was known to both of the newlyweds that a baby was on the way. PFC Feldner's unit, B Company, Bravo Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, was designated to land on Red Beach 2 during the invasion of Tarawa. His battalion was transported to their training bases in New Zealand, from their training bases in New Zealand, on board the USS Sheridan. PFC Feldner's company was loaded into landing craft from the USS Sheridan early on the morning of the first day of the battle, 20 November 1943. Through a series of incredible communication failures, the entire battalion was forced to spend all night and all day outside the reef floating in their landing craft without being ordered to land. We can only imagine how seasick, hungry, dehydrated, and exhausted all of these Marines must have been after over 24 hours of such an ordeal in an open boat. Shortly after sunrise on the second day of the battle, 21 November 1943, PFC Feldner's unit was finally given orders to land on Red Beach 2. Alpha Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, was in the first wave of four LCVP, which stands for Landing Craft Vehicle Personnel, which struck the reef hundreds of yards from the beach. 
By the time PFC Feldner's unit ground to a similar halt on the reef, the Japanese defenders were in full fury with a hail of fire from artillery and machine guns on shore. The front ramp of each LCVP was lowered to allow the Marines to wade the remaining distance to the beach. When PFC Feldner's boat ramp was lowered, the Marines stepped off into the warm water that was between waist and shoulder deep. For PFC Feldner, who stood only five feet six and a half inches tall, the water was probably even deeper. Soon, many began collapsing as a result of being hit by heavy machine gun fire. Others stepped off into deep shell holes beneath the water and were drowned by the weight of their heavy equipment that they were carrying. As the survivors struggled to wade onto the shore, they were mauled by a vicious crossfire from the partially sunken hulk of a Japanese freighter on their flank, the Nimanoa, upon which the Japanese had stationed numerous machine gun positions. Soon, three out of seven officers in Bravo Company were wounded or killed. A later accounted listing 30 Marines in Bravo Company as known, killed, or missing. PFC Feldner's United States Marine Corps casualty card lists him as killed in action and states that he was buried on Tarawa, Gilbert Islands, on 21 November 1943. His casualty card does not list a cause of death, but lists a memorial grave location, which was not the site of an actual burial. The Graves Registration Unit Report of January 1944 and the Island Commander's Report of June 1944 list his burial location as, quote, unknown, end quote. Remember Chaplain Willard, who married P.F.C. Feldner and his new bride back in New Zealand? Well, it became Chaplain Willard's duty to note in his logbook on page 374 that P.F.C. Feldner was killed in action on 21 November 1943, and Chaplain Willard also listed his burial location as unknown. Back in New Zealand, a young wife waited anxiously for word about her victor. On Christmas Eve 1943, the dreaded telegram came from the War Department. PFC Victor Harold Fellner was listed as killed in action. Seven months later, a daughter was born who would never get to meet her father. Her mother named her Victa in honor of her father, Victor. Later, P.F.C. Bondi, who had been the best man at Vic and his new bride's wedding in New Zealand, sent a letter to P.F.C. Feldner's family. The letter contained the following description of P.F.C. Feldner's death and burial. P.F.C. Bondi wrote, Vic was killed on the landing on Tarawa on the morning of November 21st. Vic and I were together all the time. We were in the same boat. When the word came to go in, we were ready. Vic said, well, here we go. I guess they need some good men in there to give those damn Japs what they asked for. We were all a little scared but we're still telling jokes. When we got out of the boats, we still had a long way to go till we got to the beach. The water was up to our chest at first. I never heard so many bullets. They were hitting in the water all around us, and it sure was a bloody mess. Vic and I was in the lead. 
I don't know how we got as far as we did before they hit us. The water was just over our shoes, and we're, we were still about 200 yards from the beach. I was about 10 yards ahead of Vic when he called. I turned around, and he was standing there with his hand on his chest by his heart. He still had a smile on his face. I asked him if he was hit, and he just nodded his head and fell over. I run back to him, and he was already dead. I got up and started for the beach. I just took one step when they got me in the arm, but I made it to the beach without getting hit again. The bone was broken all the way to heck in my arm, and I'd lost a lot of blood. The doc stopped the bleeding and sent me back to the ship. Later, I learned they took all the bodies out of the water and gave them a military burial on the island. One of the boys out of our company helped bury Vic. PFC Feldner's MIA case landed on my desk at JPAC in June 2011. I began poring over the original papers and reports in the file. Using the risk system, my investigative report submitted to JPAC, using only information available to JPAC researchers, listed PFC Feldner as a most likely match to six unknowns buried in the punch bowl. Subsequent investigations by Foundation researchers have continued to refine these investigative reports based on new information and historical documents that were not available in government files at the time the original JPAC reports were written. As well, our foundation uses new computerized, computerized investigative tools such as the Cranial Facial Recognition Program. At the present time, PFC Fellner meets the biometric profile to be a most likely match to only two unknowns buried in the punch bowl. But our investigation into PFC Fellner's case yielded more possibilities for his location. In late October 2012, a six-person team from the JPAC Central Identification Laboratory, accompanied by representatives of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation, conducted an excavation of Cemetery 25 on Tarawa. Remains of multiple individuals were recovered at this location and were transferred to Honolulu, Hawaii for forensic analysis by the JPAC Central Identification Laboratory. A short list report for multiple sets of remains recovered from this site was prepared by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation on 28 November 2012 and forwarded to JPAC. This short list report included PFC Victor Harold Fellner as a possible match to the remains recovered at this site in 2012. A revised report with supplemental information was submitted to JPAC by the Foundation on 24 January 2013. In summary, PFC Fellner is also a possible match to some of the remains recovered on Tarawa in 2012. The excerpt of the letter sent to PFC Fellner's family by his best friend, PFC Bondi, who witnessed his death, confirms that PFC Fellner was killed attempting to wade to shore and verifies that they, quote, took all the bodies out of the water and gave them a military burial on the island. One of the boys out of the company helped bury Vic, end quote. The date of his loss listed in all of his official records is noted as the second day of the battle, 21 November, 1943, and his death conforms to the attack of his company 
as they attempted to land on Red Beach II on that date. Although there are no notations in any of his records as a cause of death to indicate that someone observed his body after the battle, there are consistent references in his records that he was buried in a, quote, unknown location, end quote, on Tarawa. All of his records state that P.F.C. Feldner was buried at an unknown location rather than listing him as missing, as was the case in many other unresolved casualties from the battle. It seemed likely that the body of P.F.C. Feldner washed ashore on the same day of his death and was quickly interred in a temporary burial location near the beach. The fact that P.F.C. Feldner is listed in Chaplain Willard's logbook with a correct date of death, confirms that his loss was initially reported to Chaplain Willard. One can only believe that Chaplain Willard recalled marrying P.F.C. Feldner when his name came to him listed on a casualty report. Thirty members of Bravo Company, 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, were ultimately listed as killed in action. Seventeen of these individuals, including P.F.C. Feldner, have never been recovered and identified. All 17 are officially in unresolved status to this day. According to the Foundation's analysis report of the percentage of recoveries from each of the Tarawa cemeteries, there is a 91% probability that P.F.C. Feldner was buried as an unknown in either Cemetery 25 or Cemetery 26 on Tarawa. Both of these long-abandoned burial grounds were located in close proximity to Red Beach 2 where P.F.C. Fellner was designated to land. In the final analysis, the preponderance of the evidence indicates that P.F.C. Fellner died on 21 November 1943 while attempting to land with his company on Tarawa's Red Beach II. The weight of the historical data seems to indicate that his body was recovered and buried on the island on the same day. In 2016, all of the Tarawa unknowns were finally exhumed from the punch bowl based on my case investigations in 2011 and 2012. These individuals who were exhumed from the punch bowl from Tarawa were added to the remains of fallen Americans that have been recovered to the island since that day. The current backlog of recovered sets of remains awaiting identification by the DPAA laboratory is estimated to exceed 1,100 American servicemen and women. These MIAs are from all over the world. The average time for identification after remains are received in the DPAA and JPAC laboratory is reported by an internal analysis to be 11 years. The key question in this investigation continues to be, is Vic one of the unknowns identified in our investigations, or does he remain buried in an undiscovered grave on Tarawa to this day? The most likely conclusion is that the mortal remains of PFC Victor Harold Feldner are currently stored in a cardboard box in the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency Laboratory Storage Room, awaiting a competent forensic examination and comparison to his family's DNA sample by the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory in Dover, Delaware. Victa, the daughter he never knew, continues to wait for her dad's final return home.
Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes. You can now subscribe to listen free to our podcast on Apple iTunes or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Military Mysteries Missing in Action. Episodes of No Home for Heroes are produced from the actual investigative files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. As always, we greatly appreciate your comment, and a special link is available to you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, Goldie Comes Home. Next week, we're traveling to Arizona to talk with a 97-year-old veteran who helped us solve the mystery of finding one of his lost comrades. Just hearing this living hero story in his own words is an incredible experience that you sure don't want to miss. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>